okay, it's starting. Also, I changed, uh, I changed the language on my computer to French to, you know, really emphasize the Frenchness. But now I have to be like, oh, it's enregistré, not at record. <laughs> Encore d'enregistrement. Hello, Nina. Hi. How's it going? I am really excited to talk about Boomerang. I, I can see it. I, I can it with you. I know you said that you did not recommend this for like any specific reason, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that you did because I, I feel like I'm putting this movie in like my like rarefied catalog of movies I could watch on repeat and like as comfort watches or just like I'm folding laundry or I'm doing whatever and I just have it on oh. and I happen to look at it and I'm like, hey, hey, that's funny. And then I continue on. And then also a movie I would sit down and give my full attention to. Like I, I really it. enjoyed, I really enjoyed this. Wow. I feel like this is like going to be the high point of my recommendations going forward. Can you give the people a synopsis of this film? Oh, I can. I would love to. All right. First off, I want to give out a spoiler warning because those are going to be happening. So this movie, um, Eddie Murphy stars as Marcus Graham. He's a cosmetics executive who's a player. We see him kind of date and discard a number of women very early in the film, kind of establish his reputation. And anyway, but then he gets a new boss played by Robin Givens, Jacqueline, who he's immediately kind of smitten with and also kind of competitive with. Like she's like an equal to him in a way that he has not known before. And he becomes basically hung up on her and she proceeds to treat him in the way that he has been treating these women. And he cannot handle it. Do you think that captures it? That's the movie. That's the movie. And, and, and Halle Berry is in it too. Um, but she's, she's there. All right. She is there. Oh, also, well, one thing I will say I want to mention that I think is important is when I was looking into some research, because I, I do research, is that the director is apparently one of the things that happened with this movie. It did relatively well, but it was apparently the critics kind of didn't understand or found it to be implausible that they would that there would be this successful black company. So the director said, movie was called a science fiction film because those writers didn't know about any successful black companies. They didn't know about Johnson products or Johnson publishing or Bureau advertising or Uniworld advertising. Anyway, they were just ignorant which they tried to pass off as wit. It was also frustrating for Eddie because he was stretching out, expanding the range of movies he was doing, but instead of applauding him for doing something different, they sneered. So to get a sense of like how it was sort of received. Yeah, that idea that like, I don't know, successful black people is a fantasy, but yeah. anyway, that's obviously anyway. bullshit. But, but yeah. and I have so to say like, that. and we have to, like, we've talked about this a little bit before because I was like texting you while I was watching this movie because mm-hmm. I was enjoying it so much. But it's such a weird, what a weird critique. Cause it's like, they missed two very significant scenes in the movie. And we won't, we don't have to go into, into detail, but there are like two scenes that address racism and, and they're really, they are really funny. There is, yeah. although the latter one does go into a bit of like imaginative Korean gibberish or what yes. they say is Korean, but you know, as a Korean, my like thought process on that, as that scene was happening was, Hey, that's not right to, Hey. Yeah, but yeah, I think like, that very to- it's a tossed off line that speaks to a lot of things that maybe a lot of people also didn't notice. Well, it's just very grounding. So like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of for I was not expecting this for a romantic comedy, but it's it is very grounded. Like the relationships between characters feel very real. The friendships feel very worn in and like their dynamics, mm-hmm. even though they are playing certain types. Mm-hmm. This office has like a very like horny on main <laughs> situation. <laughs> It seems also very real, but yeah, there's so much. Eddie Murphy is just so good in this. Mm-hmm. No, it is really yeah. like 
I think we talked about this, but he still does a lot of the kind of like, he's still so cool and so funny and does a lot of those things that he's done in like another in 48 hours in coming, not as much, I mean, in coming to America, yes, but like these other movies that he had been known for, but he does also manage to be like, he is quite vulnerable in a way that I think he has generally not been in most of his other movies. Like I have never related to Eddie Murphy for all the like, because he's just like, he's much cooler and has a lot of confidence and like all of these things but like when he's all sad I'm like oh I feel you I know what it's like to just sort of yeah I think like in this movie you can recognize like the kind of broad comedy that you might associate or like recognize with his stand-up mm-hmm. but he is like a legit good actor so he does that kind of like smaller nuance work with you know just his face just a pause like a very you know productive pause before a line those kind of choices and he's mm-hmm. really great yeah yeah you know what i really in speaking of acting grace jones like i think it has to be the highest form of self-actualization where you can play a parody of yourself and just fucking kill it she kills it oh it's she's i mean so she just like she just commits which also she's grace jones why wouldn't she commit like that's the whole point of grace jones she commits but particularly mm-hmm. the insane ad. Um, so like in the part <laughs> in the film in which like a, like a very, uh, like in, when Marcus is very depressed, he lets like an art director or someone kind of like go crazy on a shoot. He's just like, do whatever you want with Stranger, who is herself deranged. And so they come up with a, an ad for this perfume and which how, I little- mean, how would you just... It's, it's a little too visceral to it's quite, sell yeah, it's a gruesome. luxury It's almost products. gruesome. Every, like, every scene that Grace Jones is in, it is her fucking scene. Like, and everyone else is like playing to it and supporting it. There's a great boardroom scene um, she <laughs> where she's like, underwear. well, I guess that part is like, uh, you know, probably did not age well. But like the yeah. part where she's uh, reading off a list of names that she wants this perfume be named and (laughs) so it's so good it's just so yeah yeah. and then she's just so I but at the same time she as much it is like you know she's playing like the character is also very compelling like there is a couple moments where like oh this is like she plays it like a real person you know because um, I've read critiques of like both her and other things but I feel like I can see where like the role itself is maybe like in a sexist way, but I feel like Grace Jones just takes it and oh, yeah. owns it in a manner that like, you're like, how could I critique this? Cause she's just like so glorious. And I can totally see someone of the time being like, this is sexist mm-hmm. because it is. But like, you know, it's just very, so sometimes the movie in itself kind of- Gets more interesting than- Gets more own, interesting. Than yeah, it's like of- sometimes the movie goes beyond its own awareness, if that makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. with those things. And her name was Strange. That's the one thing in the thing where they're like, oh, we're like, okay, the moment, like, again, this is a very movie thing they do, where, like, Marcus sort of proves how great he is at his job, or that's what it meant to convey, is that he gets up and is like, no, we should call the perfume Strange. And it's like, obviously, from the get-go, if you were going to have Strange be the spokesperson for your perfume, you're going to call it Strange. Yeah. Like, well, I think, you know, but I think- You don't call it Afterbirth, obviously. This movie has such a strong ensemble. But, but they're um, all very good. I mean, I think, I mean, of the main ones, I feel like the only one who I'm like, he does fine is like Martin Lawrence because Martin Lawrence is just being a very Martin Lawrence type as like Marcus's like crazy aggressive id-like friend, Tyler, mm-hmm. who doesn't have a yeah. lot of, he doesn't have a lot of growth. He doesn't really grow. 
you know. He, he like has a very, like he's very much like an assistive muscle to the plot. He's there basically to like, I think almost be like, Marcus could be worse. <laughs> or like, you know, or like, well, or the way in which- No, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. But I think it's like, it's like the way, he's like a super aggressive guy who is always looking for some way to, I mean, on two levels, mostly finding a way to uh, hit on women unsuccessfully because he is so unbelievably aggressive and kind of gross. And then Gerard obviously like respects women too much to ever get anywhere. Like he is very much like this, this like nineties parody of like the enlightened man. That's yeah. I think that's the, like what we talked about earlier with like the whole nineties sensibility of like, Mm -hmm. these are the three kinds of masculinity you're too much you're the goldilocks ideal or you're way too soft and like get it together (laughs) get it together yeah like over time marcus gets a bit better you know like he learns to use his powers maybe for good sort of i mean he's like i mean i say this like i love the movie i'm fond of the character but he is like even though there is what you um originally when you were like telling me more about this movie there is an arc that he goes through Mm -hmm. but he is like completely selfish the whole way like even after his kind of like transformation and maybe he's like oh but maybe i would like to be married but like i'm not gonna or i would like to be in this significant relationship but i haven't necessarily thought about like how that would be good for the person in it with me which maybe we should now shift to like his his two love interests who we have not discussed as much yeah and I don't want to, because, oh man, I will, I will drag us into a swamp of critique as I am want. For Which we want to, we I don't like. want to avoid because this is about recommendation, but like it is a mm-hmm. very 1992 movie and it's ideas. Like if you want to talk about like Marcus is the Goldilocks of masculinity, then Halle Berry's Angela or like the porridge. He's like the good porridge of masculinity. <laughs> Halle Berry is what like- What a compliment to right, give to a woman. Exactly. <laughs> Just the right porridge of femininity. You know what I mean? Like right. she's like, yeah. like the there's a there's a character at the beginning that he pretends to have a dog that has lost, who he kind of like convinces to go on a date with him. Like we see his skills in action, but she's immediately revealed to be like very insipid, who treats Marcus like a child. So I think we feel very almost like he's kind of excused, not quite excused, but you know what I mean. I think the movie is like clearly Marcus would not date this person. Clearly mm-hmm. he would just be like I'm out, um, even if he's kind of like he talks about her feet in a way that is not nice so anyway so then we have Jacqueline his boss who is really his equal they have a lot in common I feel in a different world or maybe a movie made way later um, she is yeah if the movie had not if the movie had not conveniently transformed her into a villain it would be I just that what a what a missed opportunity because the chemistry yes. between them they have a lot of chemistry. Eddie, they are just, you know, from like he actually, this might be, Jacqueline might be the first woman Marcus has ever met where he's like fallen hard for, like mm-hmm. in terms of not just her beauty, but like her personality and just overall like accomplishments in life. Mm-hmm. Like he's into it, right? This might be the very first like full fall into like a love. And I can see it would be much more interesting. Then they do play to that, right? That he's it, like, he is, he's ready for it. And she's like, whoa, man, I thought we were on the same page of just yeah. being like, we, you know, we're like super good at the business and then we'll do the sex stuff mm-hmm. privately on our own time separate. And this, these are just how we're going to live. But I wish they had just stuck with that and like the natural kind of obstacles that would come from that versus yeah, opposed, being like, yeah. as opposed to being like, oh, she's, she's bad. Like, yeah. Cause she, I mean, like 
because <clears throat> also after what happens like after she dumps him also though even though also like he becomes very pathetic and all of that but also she does i think as you have said previously in other conversations that she sort of weaponizes the office against him mm-hmm. like she behaves in ways that go go beyond just like this is how i want it and i've made it really clear to you because i think she does make it pretty clear to him up to a point and then there is a shift where suddenly she's not being on the level if you will and like on some level i think there is a sense in the movie that it's like haha like that is where his life choices have been turned back upon him as the imdb description mm-hmm. says that like that presumably but we've never seen those in that way like i feel like they never show us like showing so marcus being like truly like cruel 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 you know yeah he's not i mean he is like as they would say sometime in the past i can't think of a better way of saying it now but like he is like a cat right like he's a cat yes he's a classic he's not he what he was it's a weird for me to be in this position of defending a man but Mm -hmm. he's not doing anything wrong maybe like the whole like pretending to have a dog thing might be the worst of it all but he's basically his thing is like he puts women on his timetable and he's like juggling multiple women and whenever he loses interest, he does not re-engage, right? Which, yeah. you know, fair man. There's a kind of level of, for Jacqueline, when they put it to her, put to her, it's like when he is so in love with her and like she's the one putting him on literally her timetable. There's that great yeah. scene where he's like getting scheduled in with her assistant. Mm-hmm. And I just wish they had like continued that a little bit more. Yes. But instead so, of just yeah. being like, yeah. They were like, let's downshift to his like, women are evil women are evil but here's this nice one who also like who is the right amount of kindergarten teacher you know Mm -hmm. go back to the goldilocks she's the right amount of like she's the right temperature porridge that i don't know if this is the greatest analogy (laughs) i just love no i love i just love the compliment the compliment (laughs) it's not a compliment it's just i think where it's like she is within the acceptable range of femininity to which we are our hero would commit himself it's just like a funny way of saying like someone has settled for someone and it's like oh you know they found they found their porridge the porridge it was a it was an acceptable temperature you know i don't even i'm not even putting this fully on Halle Berry's performance it is like like she's not she's what, isn't on there the, for her yeah it's not she's like barely in the film like she's like maybe in it for like maybe a grand total of like what eight minutes maybe but like so yeah. you know it's not like something there like, are a lot of scenes she is just in and she doesn't say anything mm-hmm. and i think that's why oh, they must so have you, been like we're gonna cast her as this beautiful woman um but didn't give her really any like really a clear personality beyond she is caring she cares for children she teaches like art after school to these you know like underprivileged youths and then you know so, yeah. to her credit too just so people don't think we're not like giving Halle Berry's acting like it's fair to mm-hmm. the character is far more interesting in moments of conflict and confrontation mm-hmm. and they happen very yes. quickly but there's a great staircase scene between um Angela and Jacqueline and then there's a great um kind of like breakup scene and it's so yeah she's yeah, like when she is called upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she finally has something to act, honestly. Like when she finally has like, mm-hmm. like some kind of stakes. Because I think for most of the movie, she's just kind of hanging out and will be like, and there's one scene, remember, is it when they're on the plane to like New Orleans or something? Mm-hmm. And she's all like, Marcus, what? Did she say like, watch out for Jacqueline or something? And I'm like, why would you ever tell Marcus to watch out for really anyone? Like, no, it's like a really weird scene where she's just like, 
New Orleans is a romantic city. And like, so do you think you love, it's very much like what a little kid would like say to like a grown up, be like, yeah. oh, you love her? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, so what's but going on with you and Jacqueline? Yeah. It could be that she, her character gets the worst clothes. The one that really strains out to be, A, she's also like an art director. or She is some kind of relatively high ranking creative position at this like cosmetics company, but she's wandering around and like this horrifying, is it a cardigan? It's some sweater with these little like knitted flowers. Yeah. So if you were going to rank the outfits, what is your favorite? Or let's talk very specifically. What is your favorite Eddie Murphy coat? Okay. Oh. Well, what an impossible question to ask. Because I know what mine is, I think. But I think this goes off my... to my personal style. Okay, I think my favorite, okay, so my favorite suit of his is the all black suit that he wears for Thanksgiving. And then my favorite coat combination is he has that like big double-breasted cornflower bluish kind mm-hmm. of suit. And then over it is this kind of like robe-like trench. And it's either a very like, muted soft black or a very dark gray I can't tell Mm -hmm. but I really like that and then also you can't I mean I am just again a simple straight woman but there is a there's a scene where he has a camel peacoat which is basically lingerie for men so you know it looks really good on him yeah so I think my favorite is the one it's a blue it might be a peacoat it's a duffel coat I think more I love a duffel coat and it's the one Mm. he wears when he and Angela go to her art class and he's also wearing a colorful scarf. And I think I'm just in a real fall mood because we are entering the season of fall, um, especially mm-hmm. here in New England, as, as, as Nina can see, but our viewers, obvious, our, our listeners obviously cannot. I am wearing a flannel right now because it's like 60 degrees here. So that was my favorite. I also actually want to give a shout out to Gerard, who doesn't get a lot of style points, but also has a pretty good duffel coat. It's like a plaid. Uh-huh, he does. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it might actually, he might be wearing it. No, he's not wearing it during the pool scene, but anyway. That's another good one. So yeah, I also good, do really good color blocking on that coat. Yes. Great. Also, just like shout out to Dave, uh, David Allen Greer because mm-hmm. I feel bad that, you know, the only thing I had in my mental Rolodex of his work was Jumanji. Hmm. I've never he's seen amazing. Jumanji. You know, you don't have to, but it's, okay. mm-hmm. he's amazing. Definitely. Like he's an amazing actor. And I know like people are probably like, yeah, okay, Nina, like welcome. But yeah. I'm not so actually sure there's, there's like a huge, I mean, we'll, we'll find out if like people come out of the world and like, we've all, we've all been on the David Allen train for a lot of, yeah. a lot of time. Now I think we need to talk about the Thanksgiving scene. It's, it's kind of like the centerpiece of the movie. It's certainly like, honestly, also the kind of a dramatic shit, but anyway, we both agree it is the best scene. Okay, basically Thanksgiving and very particularly Gerard's parents played by the great character actor, John Witherspoon plays his dad and where he talks about how you got to coordinate and he has a you mushroom belt gotta coordinate and you got the mushroom belt you got the mushroom shirt you got the mushroom lining of your um jacket like he's he just shows up on the scene and i think it's in a way it actually does explain a lot about gerard and i think it really i just yeah like they they bring an energy so that's my favorite scene what what about you what is it about the scene that you love it's just so oh it's so funny like just a little it's not even that like the, it's not that there are even jokes. It's just like the dynamics where it's like, mm-hmm. like that coordinate scene where yeah. Marcus will like, Gerard, did you know this? And then yeah. Gerard is like in another part of the house and he's like, yes. And it's just, just like, it happens. 
Did you know that your pops had a mushroom belt? It's yeah, no, it's like and when you talk about the kind of broadish comedy that he's doing, he does it so well there. Oh yeah, and then there is also (laughs) okay. So a real spoiler. So if you I don't know, skip this, whatever. But there is a scene where Gerard's parents are having sex in the bathroom, (laughs) and then both Gerard and Marcus witness them coming out. of the bathroom and adjusting their clothing and you know there's like stuff that's clearly happened and the mom comes out and she's like chewing on something (laughs) oh it's so funny you would you pass this along oh for sure okay all right Mm -hmm. so one one for lauren yeah i would definitely i would pass this on i would pass this on all right good good all right i'm gonna have to come up with a good one next time then All right, now we're gonna move on to your recommendation for me. Yeah. All right, which was to remind our listeners, um, it was miso butter, which is just miso and unsalted butter combined together in a delicious melange. And then um, Nina instructed me to get some sourdough bread and toast it, slather it, and I maybe was a little too literal or took it a little too seriously, the term slather. Um, with the miso butter and then a smattering of jam. And I did this and I really liked it, but I did sort of go too far with the first one. Uh, and I, I can say that, yeah, Nina knows this because I videotaped myself, videotaped myself. I recorded myself <laughs> on my phone and sent it to her. And she was like, what? What was your reaction? Watching you, one, you have a very full spoon of butter and you put it on the toast. I'm like, perfect. If she, like, that's, like, that's what I was talking about. And then you went in for another bigger scoop. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And then, and then you went in for another one and you're spreading it. And then there's a brief pause and then you go in again. Oh, wow. For, I, I'm pretty sure you go in for like a little bit more. And the butter, oh, I like, now I'm just like, I have, I understand now, like, why sometimes it's really hard to write directions for recipes. So it's like, I did tell her to do this technically. But you I said had end to, to end. Say, you were like, end to end. I did, but I didn't mean like, you know, like three inch, like height of butter on your toast. I think you did mention that you had, we had done the thing where you mentioned like peanut butter and jelly in the last one. And I do feel I, like maybe I was thinking, that was was, like, I was like, oh, it's a special, it's got this, you know, I was like, it's got the miso yeah, in it. That like that's, neutralizes so think, some of the butter elements. I don't know. I, 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 it's my bad. That's, it's my bad. I just meant, you know, like edge to edge, get all the pockets in your toast. You're a very good sport. A, you know, I'm just very literal, so I'm just really, like, I'm going to follow these instructions exactly to the letter, and maybe because I am a toast veteran, you know, I'm a toast, I really love toast, so I was like, of course I would put it everywhere, so I was like, I must need to go above and beyond. If, uh, you know, like, I, I'm, again, it's my, I take responsibility, it is my, it's just, like to be, it's just something to be aware when giving me instructions, just know that I really am like, I gotta do it. Um, oh, man, you, you went for it, so you had it both ways, you had it, um, you had it very thick the first way, and then you had it the way I had poorly, I did not poorly convey the way that this toast was supposed to look. 
So what was like, what was the experience with both, both toasts? So I feel like the first time with the really, a very lot of butter was like, it was an experience. Like, I think I was like, whoa, I think I, that is, that's actually, you can hear me be like, oh, that's all. And it was just a lot of flavors all at once. And I think primarily the number one flavor was like so much butter along with like the, the, you know, the savoriness of the miso and, and then the tartness of the jam, which I, th- I will also say that that first one with a ton of butter also, I used raspberry jam and I do, and I don't know, it's hard to really separate the two things out, the enormous amount of butter from the experience of the raspberry mm-hmm. jam. But I do think then later when I did a normal standard, not quite so cholesterol spiking amount of butter and the sour cherry or the cherry, it just said cherry on the jar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the, the plight. That's the ideal. Like that really was. The was cherry kind of makes it right. Cause I think it is just this, like this contrast and combination. Cause I think you get that richness, that like sweetness of the butter is the thing that I think hits you first. And then it's sort of followed up by that umami of the miso, which is like, and you're never expecting that because we have this very clear expectation of butter, you know, like we, we put it everywhere. It's just like, you know, it's in pastries. Like you can have that butter flavor is just like a very, it's very much in line with expectations. And then like you zag with the miso. And in a way that, especially on toast, because I think toast is, I guess avocado toast is, is kind of savory, but like, you know, it's not, it's usually a very exclusively sweet kind of snack. And so, and then you add on like kind of the tail end, the little, the cherry, it's like the cherry on top of the jam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think you just, it is like sort of like this, like you're kind of, I'm not sure you're experiencing most of the flavor profiles. Did you like it or was it an interesting thing to appreciate? Oh, it was good. Like I continued to eat it for the rest of the week. I probably make another batch of it. Like I mostly just use it all up and I should make, I'll have to make another batch because I also use it because you had mentioned that you and your mom uh, use it for roasted sweet potatoes. Along yeah, with some so green onion. the butter is just great to have as like, to me, it's like, you got your mayo, you got your mustard, you got your ketchup, you got to have your miso butter. It's a very good, versatile thing. So yeah, roasted sweet potatoes. Um, you can put it on fish, you can put it on oh. bok choy to roast. I have in fact used miso butter for avocado toast. And it's great. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. Um, yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah, so I, I had many slices of this toast. Oh man. Yeah, I took it outside, I took it outside. You know, it's a nice, like, yeah, you can't really have more than one, I don't think, at a time. Um, yeah. And I, think, I think after you're done, you're like, yep, that was a treat I just had, you know? So, and I think it was a good thing for me who is not always, I mean, I'm getting more adventurous if you will, but it's certainly nothing I would ever have thought of on my own. Oh man. You know? And also it expanded on something I love, which is toast. You're making me feel way too good about myself. This is the danger of this podcast. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh man, I gave my friend a new snack and a new like kitchen condiment to appreciate. Like I, this is enough for me. Yeah. I mean, when I, when we emerge, whenever that happens from, this terrible year, I will still have miso butter, you know? These are the kind of, you know, when people think about their ambitions in their lives, this is the outcome I want to see my influence in the world is like, my friend likes my toast. Yeah. You like yeah. boomerang now. I feel like this is a great, we started off really strong. 
yeah. Who knows if it'll happen again, but I think this is great. I am concerned you, on you my know, end because really now I'm very, I gotta, I gotta think of something good for the next time. Oh, and don't you worry. I got, I got more snacks for you. So I know, I'm, I'm, yeah. Because I think also there's a way in which also our, our listeners now have both a movie to watch and a snack to eat while they watch it. Oh man, so, oh man, so should we do it? Is our recommendation to watch Boomerang while eating this toast? Yes, although you probably don't want to watch it when the chitlins are happening. Yes. And report back, please. Yeah. Because Put it in the comments if we have com a comment section. Yeah. <laughs> Which we might. All right. So the next time we meet, we will be sharing our second round of recs. And we honestly don't really know what we're doing. So no. I guess... Yeah, so if you tune in, I guess we'll find out together. Yeah. All right, well, thank you all. And we'll see you next time. And Nina, I will see you next time. Next time. Bye. Next time. Oh, and you know where you really buried the lead here, yeah. Lauren, mm -hmm. when Sorry. you were telling right. the cast? And I was Sorry. like, wow, amazing. Can't believe it. Eartha Kitt is in this film. My goodness. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> <laughs>